Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Welcome to Partners in Health and Biz with your host, Wendy Meyeroff. Tune in every Saturday, 9 a.m. for great shows about obtaining and maintaining health, business, and finance. Learn from the experts here at PIHradio.net. Call into the studio with your questions and comments, 347-945-7433. And now, broadcasting from the Partners in Health and Biz studio, here's Wendy. Wendy Meyeroff, and I am here for the business side of Partners in Health and Biz, uh, and my guest this week is Julia Shopik. She is the best-selling author of a great book called Honest Medicine, and its subtitle goes, Effective, Time-Tested, Inexpensive Treatments for Life-Threatening Diseases, and we're going to get into options that Patients and their families really need to explore and not just assume the doctor's giving you absolutely every option there are, something I know from personal history here, too. But before I introduce uh, Julia, and you are with me, right, Julia? I'm here. Okay, good, as long as we're both together. So before I get her truly started, I want to know two things. We're pre-recorded, so you cannot call in. And when you hear us on May 19th, I don't know what the status will be of that great man who's truly helped us think about strength, health, and patient participation, and that, of course, is the beloved Senator John McCain of Arizona. Um, I don't know if he's still with us as you hear this, but whether he is or it's just his family, I want them both to know that Julia and I both wish him the very best in carrying on. And that's why she's such a great person that I just accidentally scheduled for this timeline for Partners in Health and Biz. So I'm going to let Julia tell you more about how she got to write her book, which I'll mention again, Honest Medicine. And she's got an amazing history of truly active patient engagement. And it really starts more than a half a century ago when she talks about her beloved Grandma Julia, and that's in the 1920s. So welcome again, Julia. I guess you're named after the lady we're starting about. Yes? Exactly, and I never, I never uh, knew her, uh, oh. but I heard a lot about her, of course, from my mom, who told me this story that we're going to start with. So um, should I tell your listeners about it? Yeah, give us a little overview of how what you learned about Grandma Julia really plays so well into patient participation and not just blindly following a doctor's orders. It, it does. Well, this is a story that was told over and over by my mom, who, by the way, is 101 years old now. And oh, I know, I know. But her mother, who, after whom I was named, as you pointed out, Grandma Julia, was diagnosed by the great Dr. Charles Mayo. A na- name sounds familiar as of Mayor, uh, Mayo, Mayo Clinic. Clinic. Yeah. Uh-huh. 
she was diagnosed in 1928 with a cancerous uh, colon cancer, with colon cancer. And she was told, or at least my grandfather was told by Dr. Mayo, that my grandma had six months to live. Now, my grandpa, Turrets, his name was, we called him Papa, um, he, I did know him. He said, no, no way, it's not going to happen. And uh, he had a publication that he actually helped to found. It was called the Jewish Daily Forwards. It's still alive today. It's the foreword. And uh, this was a Yiddish version of it, though. And uh, in his beloved Bible, the Jewish Daily Forwards, there was a column by a doctor who told about treatments that were being done um, in other parts of the world, in Europe and uh, treatments that were not done here in the United States. And uh, through the forwards, I won't go into the back and forth, it was a treatment in Frankfurt on Mime that uh, sounded promising. And uh, my uncle Marco spoke German, so uh, he and my grandma Julia took a boat going over to Germany, and grandma Julia was given a then experimental for this country treatment in Europe, in, in, at Frank, in Frankfurt on Mime, and uh, lo and behold, she lived 11 more years. Not six months, but 11 more years. And wow. this, by the way, my mom was 11 when Grandma Julia was given that death sentence by Dr. Mayo. So this means that my mom was 22 and not 11 when she lost her mother. And yeah, uh, yeah. And uh, this is a story that has been passed on. You know, my mother always tells it because she often, you know, she is one who, who has looked outside the box and does not take a bunch of pharmaceuticals because of her background. And I wrote an article about, uh, about Grandma Julia and this experience where I said at the end, am I channeling Papa Turrets? <laughs> you know, in yeah. other words... You know, I am now... Well, this, you're named for Grandma Torrance, uh, yes. Julia, so it must have come in somehow. And you say that um, when your grandparents tried to explain this to hmm. her New York doctors, oh. the doctors just poo-pooed and they were embarrassed and they were puzzled and um, they submitted the exams including at the Rockefeller Institute and uh, Mount Sinai Hospital. And I have deep respect for both places. <laughs> I've worked with Mount Sinai back in New York. Well, they were and embarrassed. You're, you're absolutely right. They were embarrassed. And to their credit, you know, they were embarrassed. And I, I was glad to hear that because often today you have a kind of sometimes a hostility you know, when somebody outlives the prognosis, the, do you, the doctors are like, oh, well, how did that happen, you know? So I was impressed that they, that they were embarrassed. But in any case, yes, she was subjected to, to uh, uh, exams by all of these people who, who, by the way, some of them said, well, maybe she didn't even have cancer, you know? Yeah, and, okay. Um, I know something about, I've worked with the Epilepsy Foundation, and I know that it's often not diagnosed till age 60, and especially because the doctors, first of all, many doctors are not educated at the primary level, even some of the neurologists, just like you have specialists in Parkinson's and essential tremors, you need what we call epileptologists, and there aren't that many, 
and the patients get patted on the head, and I think us women in particular, if we say we're not feeling well, we're dizzy, we're nauseous, oh, it's before your period, it's after your period, it's during your period, and, and oh, Lord, we get into trouble. So, yeah, you have to be able to truly find answers, and uh, that's what you had to do, with, and that's how Honest Medicine came about. Yeah, because many years later, uh, in 1990, uh, my husband was diagnosed with a cancerous brain tumor. And uh, again, you know, for, first of all, I have to tell you that everybody thought, I just told you my background, right? And mm-hmm. uh, so everybody thought, given my background, you know, I would get on the research stick right away. And I didn't, because cancer is a terrifying diagnosis. And okay. I wish I had been like Papa Turritz, but in the beginning, I was not. And uh, we just did the, the surgery, the chemo, the radiation, same as, as uh, Senator McCain seems to have done. You know, we did, by the way, the standard of care since 1990 has not changed at all. It's, uh, it's uh, surgery, chemo, and radiation, and that's what we did. And I began to see that my, my husband was suffering every side effect of, of especially the radiation. And I won't go into huge detail here, but basically I started to research. And finally, and my husband had been given three years to live maximum, maximum, and he ended up living 15 years and oh, uh, post-diagnosis. And I found that the doctors were not at all interested in anything we had been doing, you know, except for, of course, the drugs that he was taking. They were very interested in that, Uh, you know, but not in the nutrition that we were doing and things like that. And then in in 2000, excuse me, he had a recurrence of the brain tumor. That was uh, 10 years later. And at that point, his skin wouldn't heal after the surgery. And I won't go into terrible detail because it's kind of gory. He went through eight additional surgeries in a vain attempt to make the skin heal, and it did not heal. And uh, I finally found something through an integrative doctor called Silverlawn. And uh, that was a treatment that is pieces of material with, that's by, by the way, FDA approved for all non-healing wounds. And I got permission to use it, pieces of material with silver, ions in it and uh, I got permission to use it he was in the hospital and it started to heal overnight and yeah and we do have to put in we have to be very careful uh, when we recommend alternative or holistic therapies you have to make sure that you at least find somebody you can't just try everything on your own no you you shouldn't be listening to just any celebrity because I know that um, I've had to write several um, LinkedIn Pulse stories about first Robert De Niro or, or and one was Robert Kennedy Jr. in a different story. He had appeared in People magazine and he's saying that a certain vaccine causes autism and that's a myth that's been going around for something like at least 20 years because it got published in a major medical journal in England and even though they pulled it quickly, how it got in, nobody's sure. And so this has been going around, and now, God help us, we do have the net, which is wonderful for finding insights and information, but it can also be very dangerous. So that you went and got permission before you just blindly dumped something for your husband 
thank you very much because we must be careful. That's why people well, need to read honest, honest Medicine first and get understanding, all right? But I didn't give the, uh, the end result here. The doctors did not believe that it was the silver lawn that worked. They chose to believe. Well, that it was, I, I, you know, a doctor came up to me. He was an intern, and he said, you know, we've been thinking. And he furrowed his brow. And I said, what have you been thinking? What? He goes, well, we don't think it was what you found. He had the accent on you, you know, that healed your husband's skin. And this was after eight surgeries that hadn't worked, right? And I said, well, what do you think it was? And he said, well, we think, and he paused, that it was vancomycin. And that's the IV antibiotic, Wendy, that yeah. my, my husband had been on for at least six weeks. I and I said, it. but he's been on it for six weeks, and I will never forget the resounding words. He said, Vanco is like that. It kicks in. On the oh. very day that we put Silverlon on his head, Vancomycin kicked in. That's when I knew that something very bad was going on in, in American medicine. I just am very grateful to the doctor. His name is Doug Anderson, Douglas Anderson, at Loyola in Chicago. And I'm going to mention him. I've hardly mentioned him ever on the air, but he allowed me to put it on Tim's head. Of course, I did have him talk with the inventor of the product, the head of the company, um, first, and that that was doing my due diligence, you know. Right. But uh, he did allow it on his head. Tim lived three three and a half years more, but unfortunately, because of the surgeries, and you know, there were eight ex- extra surgeries. I keep saying that, but oh, he never regained his cognitive skills, which he had had before. Oh, I know. Yeah, it was it was it was bad, but he did live three and a half more years, and I'm very grateful to Silverlawn. And uh, that's why I wrote my book, Honest Medicine, because I knew that there had to be other treatments that were inexpensive. My God, we went broke trying all these things that you just mentioned, you know, that, that, you, know, that you go and you look and some of them don't work, you know. And uh, so I just said there have to be others that have science behind them that would be the standard of care if Big Pharma didn't rule doctors' prescribing decisions. And I found three other treatments. And, now, yeah. We could go into the treatment side and the wellness side, but that's more of my partner, Gail Dixon's. That's exactly uh, right. So uh, let me just so, say that I did find others that, again, the financial incentive, uh, these are treatments, and we won't go into them. But uh, these are treatments where there's no financial incentive for doctors to prescribe them. Yeah, and so here, here we have you and I have to start figuring this out for our listeners. Um, I know what it took for me to get the proper help. Uh, my husband jokes I became a medical writer because it was the only way I could force, as a reporter, <laughs> force a doctor to answer my questions. <laughs> Because I was just always the curious one, you know, okay, here, take this shot, do this, do that, and I'm going, well, why, and what does it do, and uh, as I got older, of course, I could throw in things like, what are the side effects, and just asked why, as a youngster, and my mother, God rest her, grew up in the generation, you do not question doctors, okay, and she would pat me on the head and say, shh, shh, just do what the doctor tells you, and... Mm. 
No, and I've had, like you, I've had some interesting answers, whether it was for me or somebody else I loved. I saved my mother's life because she just kept denying something, and uh, I found experts and got her out of a community hospital to a major medical center. Um, she's not with me anymore, but she lasted like another three or four years, just as you mentioned with your husband. We have to explore what do we think is it just the big pharma? Is it our politicians? They've just revised the health care system, which and God only knows what it will actually change as we all try and register. Because I did a piece on self-employed. So if you're self-employed and it's too early for Medicare and you're too rich for Medicaid, you have to find your health insurance, and we may go through this again, and I have no idea what my 2019 health insurance mishmash is going to be like. So who who are we fighting, and how do we get past all these people, us little little folks? Well, here's the problem, Wendy. The problem mm-hmm. is that that we're fighting a whole bunch of a whole bunch of people. It, it's and you know what? Yeah. I have to tell you, I am not a conspiracy theorist. I do not believe <laughs> I do not believe that everybody meets in kind of a coven. You know, all of these people that I'm going to mention. <laughs> So yeah. please, please know that I know they're not all meeting and saying, how do we mess with the public? Okay, I, I get that. Right. But money is the, big, is the big equal, I guess, equalizer or, you know, and that is that, one, we have the pharmaceutical industry that is for profit. And uh, I don't know how many of your listeners um, uh, listened to, saw uh, 60 Minutes. Uh, it was, it was, it would have been two weeks or three weeks ago from when we're airing, but uh, they did a story on this treatment called Axar, and uh, it's for epilepsy and other diseases. And I'll only I'll only give the bare details. But the pharmaceutical company Mallincroft, I can name it, uh, raised the price. I believe it was like thousands of percents, from like forty cents a, tr- a treatment to four. Oh, it it it, it was huge. And, uh, you know, all you need to go to is 60minutes.com, and it'll take you to the – and you can actually listen to that show. So you have the pharmaceutical industry, and, of course, we had uh, Martin Shkreli, uh, who was called Pharma Bro, and he had a thing of raising the prices. And we also had the EpiPen, you know, the EpiPen. Oh, yeah, that incident. We have all of these, but the truth of the matter is, Wendy, that this is business as usual with the pharmaceutical companies. You know, when Martin Shkreli was uh, exposed on, uh, all, all online, I wrote on Facebook, you know, I'm very active on Facebook, I wrote, this is my hero, and then I wrote, stay with me, please, you know, because <laughs> I know that, you don't, that my followers wouldn't believe that he's my real hero, but I did say that because he made obvious, he made apparent a problem that is, is very real, and that is the pharmaceutical companies jacking up the prices inordinately. So we have that. And, and then let, me, let me interrupt because I have to be honest with the listeners. I started part of my career not just reporting on the healthcare industry, but eventually writing for all sorts of people, including the pharmaceutical companies. And I've had Merck as a client and AstraZeneca and many. But because I think I came out of journalism, what they always knew when they hired me is this has to be an objective piece. 
So for example, somebody, one group sent me to the uh, breast cancer conference that's famous in San Antonio every year. Um, I told them before I went, okay, I'm writing this for an oncology publication, but it has to be a balanced perspective of how this has come out, who truly, which doctors are really relying on it, why does it or doesn't it really, you know, matter, and so forth. So um, I call this healthcare storytelling, but I always stress to people it is not fake, it's not made up like ad blathering. This is true uh, materials, whether it's an article for a magazine, and I'm just published again in the American College of Radiology. It just got up there, so you can find me online. Um, it has to be unbiased. It has to be objective. Articles, case studies, blogs, print or online, I don't care. Even your brochure better be accurate. So. Um, I, I do have to tell you whether it's a pharma company, medical device, I have to get accurate information. So I will not just toss out no. the whole pharmaceutical industry no. and every single, although we just heard, uh, I just heard yesterday that something related to the president and uh, I think it's Novartis uh, is one drug company that's gotten involved and something doesn't smell quite right. So we have to know what is working and what isn't and you've got to read carefully or we will all be in trouble and listen carefully. Absolutely. And by the way, there is a, it, 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 as I said, the pharmaceutical industry is one of them. There are so many uh, parts to this puzzle. But there is a website that I think your listeners, if they don't know about, I'd like to tell them about it. It's called ProPublica. And if you put in the search, the search bar, dollars for docs in, in Google, it will come up and it's fantastic. What it does is it, it shows how much money different doctors get. So I'm sorry, we got some sort of screwy feedback and we got interrupted, but we were just talking about a great website to help you watch out for doctors who are maybe taking a little too much from big pharma or now medical device companies and all sorts of places because the situation has changed. It used to be a doctor could not submit an article to a journal, a doctor, a nurse, anybody in the field, if they had any kind of um, consultation or dollars or whatever from an outside resource, unless it was, let's say, a university or a nonprofit. But now things have changed, and you say, Julia, uh, that this, this has to be careful because people can be taking money and there's a place you can double check. And what is the name of the website? The name is Dollars for Docs, docs spelled D-O-C-S. All you have to do is put in Dollars for Docs in Google or whatever search bar you use. And the company that runs Dollars for Docs is called ah. ProPublica, P-R-O-P-U-B-L-I-C-A. That means for the public and uh, in Latin. And uh, it's a wonderful site. All you need to do is put the name of the doctor you're considering going to, and uh, you will see how much he or she gets, if anything, from different companies. As you said, medical device companies or pharmaceutical companies. And uh, I was once uh, about to look for a, a certain specialist, and a, a, friend rep a friend recommended someone, put his name in, found that he had earned in one year, are you ready for this, listeners, 889000 extra dollars. 
and I'd say from from several companies. So oh, I, I was like, really oh good. my god, this yeah. is really good because I just opened dollars for docs. <laughs> <laughs> giving me the top 50 companies and how many payments they've made and this is from where's the date august 2013 to december of 2015 so it hasn't been updated for a while but it's still good understanding so um genentech has 727 million dollars in payments laid out striker 153 million and astrazeneca which I've worked for, and I worked for Genentech, is $145 million. Now, again, I will not tell you these are totally bad places. You just have to be careful. Here's a doctor, and I'm not going to mention names in this case, but a doctor who's an orthopedic specialist who's earned $54.1 million, and a neurosurgeon who's reached almost $40 million. So, I mean... This is, this is shocking. I mean, these are totally bad people or companies, but, I mean, for God's sake, who's even got hospitals that were paid, so... See, this is... Now you're get, you were getting exactly into the whole problem, and that is, I don't want... Now I'm going to sound like a conspiracy theorist, and please, you know that I told you I'm not, but everybody's in the game, you know, and I, I, by everybody, I mean... People of different, you know, some of the hospitals, some of the insurance companies, um, some of the big institutions, you know. Um, oh, boy, I forgot to mention the government. And, uh, yes, because there is a, what? Our Congress people? Oh, God, yes. Um, you know that there are people called lobbyists. And, uh, it, yes, and it's, uh, it's not funny, but if you remember the movie Sicko, the documentary by Michael Moore, he has all of the people oh, yeah. in Congress, and of course this was many years ago, and he put like tags on them as to how much they had earned from pharmaceutical companies, you know. And uh, it, it's kind of, it, it's, it's something that we all have to know because when your doctor tells you that there's nothing else that can be done, you can know that he, might, he or she might not know all of the different treatments out of the, out, that are out there because he or she gets a lot of his or her education from uh, the uh, salespeople from the drug companies and also, here's a big one, the articles in the medical journals, which I know we don't have time to get into it, but they are often ghost-written by the pharmaceutical companies. Well, as I said, I've had to uh, work on some that were submitted, but mine have always had to be, as a reporter's point of view, very balanced or they don't go through. It's one thing if we're writing an advertorial, it's designed to be, hey, look at how something helps you. But when it's any sort of case study or annual report or anything, it has to be balanced and factual, at least at least from my desk. I don't know what uh, everybody else is doing. With good medical writers, we, we don't play games. So anyway, and you know believe something it or not, Believe it or not, we are at end time. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> I had such fun. We could do this for another two hours. But So let me make sure everybody knows where to look for you, how to find you. It's Julia Showpick, and the book is Honest Medicine. And I assume we can find you on Amazon. Anything else you'd like to tell us? Definitely on Amazon. I'm writing another book about one of the treatments that uh, I wrote about in Honest Medicine. And uh, you can write to me at juliethonestmedicine.com. My website is honestmedicine.com. 
I think that's my uh, my my tagline here, Honest Medicine. Okay, and just to remind our listeners, I am Wendy Meyer-Off, and I am the Biz Co-Anchor of Partners in Health and Biz. You can find our stuff on partnersinhealth.biz, that's the main website, or pihradio.net. You can find me, Wendy Meyer-Off, at wmmed.net like medical communications 2m.com and of course on LinkedIn you can find me and Gail Dixon my uh, founder our, my partner and the great angel who does the rest of this so I want to thank Julia Shopik again for Honest Medicine and this is Wendy Meyerhoff I want to say goodbye and again our, our great blessings to Senator McCain for the work that he has done. It's it's uh, we we trust he and his family as we record this are still holding on. All right, take care, folks. And it was uh, good chatting with Julia. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered chumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to chumbacasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.